Hello, welcome to Women Developing Brilliance. I'm Casey Rossi, your transformative business coach. It's my great pleasure to present interesting stories of creative women sharing their message and lighting up the world with their presence and offerings. Get ready to be inspired. You can learn more about creating a business that you love by visiting kcrossi.com. Enjoy. Awesome, Bruna. I am so excited to have you here. You are actually my first lifestyle brand and artist, so I'm really interested in your perspective and also kind of getting into your creative mind. So welcome. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. So tell our guests a little bit about your background and um, kind of how you got to where you are right now. Yeah, so being an artist, it's been something that I've pretty much considered my whole life, even though I changed it a little bit of what I used to do. But my grandmother's an art teacher, so I grew up doing artwork um, since, like, you know, as young as I can remember. So I don't really have a starting point what I can consider myself doing art, but it did fluctuate a little bit from fashion, costumes, to actual um, illustration, which is what I consider now my business to just be considered as. So it, even though we changed it a little bit, I still feel like everything was kind of like a part of everything. <laughs> yeah. How young were you? Like, can you remember, like, were you five when you picked up your first crayon and thought, man, this is clicking with me? It's so hard because I feel like, like, when I, re- when I try to remember, like, what I used to play with and things like that since very young was always some sort of, like, coloring book or you know, painting, something like that. So probably, probably even earlier than five. Um, wow. I'm, I still have drawings, actually. I'm very thankful that my mom saved them all. But since I was, um, I think, probably like three years old, I still have a few of those. So that is so cool. <laughs> I'm sure your audience would love to see those posted. You know, that would be like, I really should post them because totally should. I brought be so them. Fun. <laughs> yeah, I'm actually, um, some of them actually, like surprised that they weren't that bad, you know, because I don't remember feeling like I, I knew what I was doing, but I'm surprised even when I was like 10, 12, I was already like able to do a little more than I actually remember being able to do. That's so cool. So how did you kind of go from design into a lifestyle brand? Yeah, <laughs> um, it's a big of a kind of a big story, um, but I've tried to like explain short as possible so I went to a fashion design school and started working as a costume designer for right after school for probably four years Mm. so that kind of started my mind into more of a design and brand than actual just doing artwork even though school was really big into doing the fashion illustrations so as soon as I finished school, I started getting a few little freelance jobs doing illustration just from people from school that knew that I could draw. They would just ask me to do a few small things, even though I was working as a costume designer. Mm-hmm. And then when I decided to stop that and just go full time with the illustration, I always felt like it wasn't um, enough of a thing for me. I just felt like it was too... Um, specific and I wanted to I always felt like I could do more I guess mm-hmm. so the idea that I could expand the illustration to more into a brand kind of 
happened naturally just because I felt the need to, where else can I put my art at? And I'm more interested in just doing something for your wall. I kind of want to like, how can I get my work into people's entire life kind of thing? I love it. I think it's so cool. It's, it's, it just, it's an infusion of your creativity and your photos are absolutely beautiful. The, the way that you kind of lay it out and design it. I mean, it's just, it's art all over the place and it's, it's gorgeous. Yeah, it's really fun. And then I had read that you had said that when our home um, looks good, we feel good and then we do good. Yeah, it's, I really run by those words because when I, I'm in a messy room or in a location that it's, you know, uninspiring to me, it's so hard for me to feel good enough to want to do good. That could be my work or just good to the world kind of thing. It's really hard to, how can we help somebody for not feeling that we're in a good place? So I do think everything works together. It really does. I find for myself as well that um, when my space is not cluttered, my mind's not cluttered and I'm much more focused and able to kind of let that creativity flow in. I love that it's more than a quote for you. It's like, it's like your personal message and your lifestyle. So I think that's really cool to lift up. And the other thing that I would love for you to talk about for a minute is being such a creative soul, you know, and um, it's been said, you know, multi-passionate entrepreneurs. I'm wondering what kind of like tips that you have for the listener uh, to kind of stay disciplined or not get overwhelmed by being able to just kind of like narrow their niche a little bit or stay focused with so many options, um, popcorning in our brain as creatives. (laughs) Yeah, that's definitely um, something that I do think I still struggle with because we, there's so many ideas, right? And we want to do so much. And I still feel like I always stretch myself probably way too thin um, because I'm being a little impatient or too excited to start something else that I had the idea of. But I think the best way that I found to manage it, I guess, all the ideas with the limited time is just being very organized with my schedule and my to-do list and knowing what I want to accomplish a month in advance at least and then being able to see if that's realistic. Because if I just go straight to a to-do list, I'll probably add like a million things to it and that would be impossible. So even with artwork or a big project, if I don't have that calendar really planned out I don't even know if I can take a new commission or if I can start a new project so I think if you manage your schedule and your goals and your calendar you kind of manage your life a little and that makes it the constriction almost helps the time that you actually set to be creative to actually be creative and I'll be wondering am I doing the right thing right now should I be doing something else even though you barely don't enjoy when you're thinking about the next thing. So I think the calendar really like, I don't know how I could do it without it. I'll probably just be very overwhelmed. Like you said. Yeah, absolutely. Do you have a magic number of like what you keep your goals to like the top 10 or do you like limit to like three chunky goals for a month and then do mini goals that contribute to that? Or is it not that systematized? I don't think I have a specific number. It's more, I know how much time I have, like my days are kind of blocked um, 
like my mornings are more like administrative tasks than if I'm doing any marketing or finance, I try to get it all in the morning. And then after lunch is when I start actually my creative work. So I know that I have those big chunks. So when I'm doing my goals for the month, I know like if I only, that week I only have two days available to do my creative work because I already got commissions or something. I know that I can only get, you know, a really small project done that month or something like that. So it goes more into, I think if I went straight to numbers, I could probably be leaving some space empty or probably adding too many. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. Do you work out of your home or your studio or do you have a brick and mortar as well? No, it's um, out of my house, but luckily we have two rooms that I was able to separate just for me to have a little bit of a, you know, separation between being in a house not working and being in a house working because I'm sure everybody listening that works from home knows how difficult it is to not want to put a load of laundry in while you're doing something else, you know? Oh my God, absolutely, 100%. And I'm wondering because um, I think a lot of our listeners are solopreneurs that have a home office or a digital online business. And so there's so much that comes up with that, not only feeling kind of lonely, um, but then also keeping that discipline to manage our schedule. So I really like that you talked about time blocking. And I'm wondering, like, how do you feel a part of the tribe? Um, do you have solopreneur girlfriends that kind of get this lifestyle? Or have you kind of cultivated more of a, a tribe of like minds um, just digitally? Yeah, definitely just digitally because I've moved it a lot. And since most of my work now is done from home, I don't really have a way to find people in person, I guess, or even the time, I guess, to go meet, which I would love to. That would be great. And I kind of miss that because when I used to work um, in other industries, like in the film industry, we used to be such a like a, a group and the crew was such tight. You know, we were so tight and you were able to actually share the pains and the gains from the daily um, work. And now I think, thank goodness, for we have the online world because I think it would be very easy to go crazy on your own and think you're the only one with those problems or issues. And now um, just by listening to podcasts and books and, you know, reading blogs, you can kind of feel like you're not alone. That really helps. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. Do you have a favorite podcast that you could share? Hmm. Um. A favorite's kind of hard because I'm a very indecisive person. <laughs> um, there is one called Good Life Project. Oh, um, awesome. Yeah. Like, um, I think it's, it goes beyond just business and like yours, it's a little bit more of real life and how you do good in the world more than just how you do good for yourself kind of thing. And that kind of matters a lot to me. So absolutely. That's Jonathan Fields work, right? Yes. Yeah, that's so cool. I just did an event in Washington, D.C., and um, it was a coaching intensive for coaches, but coincidentally, half the people had known each other from the in-person camps that Jonathan had for the Good Life Project, so it was so cool. It was just like, you're you're right on with people kind of cut from the, the same cloth, knowing that like purpose and passion-driven people, you know, they intersect somewhere, you know, that <laughs> Even in this great big world, um, I think that we find that those little little pods get smaller and smaller because we have like interests. Yeah, I think, like I said, I'm just very grateful that we have that now because I, it, it does get very lonely working from home and not actually 
having um, need to physically contact anybody. Absolutely. And I think the other thing that's challenging is celebrating our wins, you know, because I think we can be so driven with our to-do list. I'm wondering, what do you do? Like, say you get a big commission or say it's a small win and you've just like maybe hooked up with a collaboration that's been on your wish list for a year. How do you celebrate? Like, how do you just really acknowledge yourself and, and, and your wins? I definitely should be better about that um, than I am because I do think we, I'm so concerned about what's next that it's really hard to take in the time to actually see and reflect, I guess, and what you actually accomplished. Um, even in another interview not long ago, somebody asked me about how was my coloring book doing? And I was like, wait, I barely remember that that's out there, you know? Wow. You know, like, once it's done, it's done. And I'm like, oh, I don't know. I don't check that. <laughs> I'm already thinking about the next book. Um, so it is hard, but I do have a very specific morning routine where I journal. And I think that kind of, and trying to be grateful for the things that I have during that process really helps me at least remember that there are a lot of good things going on, even if it's there are a lot that I still want to get to. Um, so I think having a set time to really just reflect, it's the easiest way to make sure you're doing it all the time. And also I think I also in, in my morning routine, I try to meditate a little and I think that helps helps me stay a little bit more present than absolutely. I just go, go, go. I'm a hundred percent with you. I've been a meditator for 28 years, so I'm right there with you. That's so crucial. I think it really sets the tone of our day, especially if it is in that kind of early morning space when the world is kind of calm and there's less (laughs) distractions and shiny objects to take our attention. So I think that that's, that's really cool. And I think that it's also really important. Like I'm very um, impressed with your authenticity and your honesty because it's just, that's the realness. Like I'm still struggling with that or I don't celebrate my wins as often as I should because I keep looking at the next thing. And I think that our listeners will really appreciate that as well because that's life, you know? And, (laughs) and that's also, I think a baked in part of being a go-getter, you know, having that go-getter mindset, it's just like, okay, awesome. Check got that done. You know, whether it's something big, like publishing a book like you did, you know, or the next thing, you're, you're constantly kind of um, thinking outside the box. I do think that that contributes to success. Would you agree? Definitely. And I also, I don't know if it's just me, but I feel like it's almost, you feel a little guilty to taking pleasure when you succeed. You almost feel like maybe I didn't deserve that, or maybe was it just luck or Am I, is it okay that now I'm happy and other people don't have that? So I do think that that is also part of why it's difficult sometimes to accept that you did well, right? It's almost like it's hard to even get a compliment sometimes and just people say, oh, your work is great for me. Sometimes it's like, but it's not always great. <laughs> you know, I just yeah. feel like I need to say that because I don't want to ever put myself in a position to feel I guess, too good about myself that I forget that I'm still like in the same level as everybody else. 
Absolutely. And I think that you can still have that grounded humility, but I also think this circles back to gravitating towards a tribe, whether it's in person or online, that can understand and embrace you. It's that whole women supporting women movement. I think that there is such a big topic here about um, this exact moment where we're many times not necessarily afraid of the, the, the fear of failure. It's the fear of success. Am I going to be alone when I get to the top? Am I going to lose my identity or become this egomaniac? And I think that the more we have this cultivated space of celebrating women who shine bright, like it's going to crack open. I really, I don't think we're there yet, but I think it's approaching where um, female leadership and entrepreneurialism is going to just be really coming up in in the near future. It's exciting. It is exciting. And I think it's, a great time to be able to do this and be a part of this community because you don't feel the pressure anymore to have to hold yourself back to, you know, be able to be a mother or all their other goals that women always had to just put it as the first thing. And now I feel like whatever you want to do, you have support. Absolutely. And there's really these cool little kind of pods and groups and it may take a little digging, but there are other people like you, like Mm -hmm. whether you're a single mompreneur or a brand new startup or somebody that's actually reached six figures and you just want to continue to scale, like there are pods for every level of your business as you grow. It's just taking that little dedication, I think, to sleuth it out a little bit. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. So how do you stay kind of lit up and passionate? Um, It it seems even more so in a creative environment where you kind of need to damper down that stress in order to have flow of creativity. What do you do to kind of prevent burnout and to just stay really juiced up in that kind of artistic mindset? Yeah, I think that's, that's usually the question, especially for artists. You always feel like, do you have to be... Um, always motivated or inspired, I guess, which is the word that I use so much, right, to do work. And I think for me is there are obviously things that makes you happier than other things when, when it comes to doing your work, right? I think especially for creative people, it's doing probably your finances or something like that. It's not <laughs> usually people's favorite part. But if you do you have a balanced schedule? I think it does help to make sure that you have enough time to exercise and eat healthy and take care of your personal life as well. I think if I don't have that balance, I don't think the work would be enough to make me happy, to be honest, just because those times when I do have a big project that I'm working 14, 16 hours a day, all I want is that project to be over. I'm not enjoying it anymore. You know, I'm beyond the point of being able to, see that as a good time and relaxing and being creative. I just want, I just need to get the work done. And I, you know, I still want to be able to read a book and, yeah, you know, take a good bath or something like that. So I think the balance really helps. And like I said, the morning routine, I think also sets me for at least my morning was done balanced enough that the day goes crazy. At least I've done a little bit of self care. Yes, absolutely. And having a balance, I guess, also on projects that I want to do for myself and projects that I'm doing for someone else, I think is a big difference because Mm -hmm. you can get caught up in just doing the work that you got hired to do and that end up burning you out. I think very easy because you end up 
forgetting why did you start up work in the first place because now it just became a job. That's so, a really key point. Absolutely. Yeah. I love that you said that. Make sure that you are allowing yourself enough time to do that little thing that you think is fun, even though it's not making you money. Yeah. Got to actually started on doing that business, I guess, even if it's on the weekends. Not forgetting what makes your soul sing, you know? I think that that's really crucial. I haven't had, actually heard anyone give that tip, and I think it's really important. It's going back to your original why and making sure that you're still getting joy, you know, out of that that thing that you birthed. Because we almost create this separate entity when we have a business, you know? So sure. I think it's, yeah, really important. So I know that your hometown is Brazil, and mm -hmm. I also read that you love old books and antiques and vintage and classic style, and I love your clean lines, you know, that, that really comes through. I just, I really got pulled into your nautical line. I thought that was just so gorgeous and fresh. I'm wondering, like, how much of your Brazilian roots kind of influences your art and your choices and general lifestyle? Yeah, and... That's kind of almost like the question that I'm always like, oh, people are going to ask. And I always feel bad about my answer. But actually, I don't think it influenced me at all. Because when I grew up, I always felt the outsider in Brazil. I always felt like I didn't connect with the colors and carnival and mm. any of that, um, I guess, cheerful country that Brazil is and happy. I always was more drawn into like, the rainy London. <laughs> I like I'm. I was born in the wrong country, you know. Um, so, but even though it's it's hard to know because obviously I didn't grow up there. So maybe the whole idea there that art is such a big thing in Brazil and they really do push people to be creative. Maybe that and my grandmother, like I said, was an art teacher. So obviously being there was a big part of it but I do remember always making sure of like I don't want to associate my work with Brazil just because I feel like people are not a, when they think of Brazil they do think of more of a different field and I think when they look at my work it's I try to be neutral colors and more of a old feel I guess than the mm -hmm. modern carnival which I guess it's what everybody usually associates with Brazil and I'm okay with that you know I don't I think it's also nice that we don't have to all be drawn into the cliche and tell people that Brazil is a lot bigger and a lot more than what most Americans think of it right away I think that is so cool it's very liberating you know you're extremely true to yourself and um I think that that's awesome do you think that you're an old soul oh for sure like it's Really funny because I just turned 30 actually um, a couple of weeks ago. Happy and birthday belated. <laughs> thank you. And um, I remember on my birthday, my husband was like, you know, most people under 30 just, you know, do you want to party? Do you want to go do something? And I'm like, can we go to like Harvard, walk around the school and go to a bookstore? <laughs> and that's what we did. And like we went to bed at like 9.30 and 9. And I'm like, I just want to wake up early and go walk by the water. And he's like, you're not turning 30. I think you're turning like, you know, 50, 60. So <laughs> I always joke that I have like, people say they have a inner child. I always say like, I have an inner old lady <laughs> here somewhere. I just want to drink tea and read my book and, you know, be able to say that that's okay. And I don't want to go clubbing. 
I love it. <clears throat> I'm right there with you, actually. And yeah, there's no shame in that. I think it's awesome. <laughs> I think it's really fun. <laughs> it's very, very cool. So what exciting things do you have coming up either towards um, the end of winter or in uh, the top of 2019? Yeah, so personally, projects I have, my winter collection comes out, hopefully, in the first week of December. Ooh. So that's um, something that I'm working on right now. And I also have started my new book, which is Heaven Yet. Um, it's not 100% um, decided yet, but right now it's going towards um, my life before my 30s and the things that I learned as a creative person until then, trying to mix a little bit of my story to advice, I guess. Ooh, I like that. That's amazing. So do you carve out time to write every day? No, I wish. <laughs> <laughs> My schedule right now is super tight with um, especially holiday commissions and that kind of thing. That's usually my busy time. So I'm trying to write at least on the weekends. Yeah, absolutely. I can imagine that you're managing a lot of deadlines for people wanting holiday delivery. Yeah, the holiday orders, I think for me right now, it's usually starts sometimes like September. So I'm already in the middle of like, I'm not glad that people are already planning far ahead because usually I feel bad having to turn down um, work in November, December, because people then start to think about how that I'm like, sorry, but it's already too late. And they're like, too late. It's November. You know? I know. It's, it's so, so true. And I, I totally agree. I've, I've had a seasonal business in the past of gourmet foods and we did 80% of our business in the fourth quarter. So, I mean, it was just like, you know, pedal to the metal for those last couple of months of the year. So that's kind of good, though. It probably makes you feel a little bit in demand, you know, on the flip of having to turn down people, you know, there's a little bit of like a little bit of in demand and also kind of training clients of, you know, next occasion, just make sure to give me like a six week lead time or even more. Yeah, I think it definitely makes me feel at least at this time of the year can count on that the orders will come in. But at the same time, you did, I do need to make sure that I'm planning, that I know that the beginning of the year will slow down, but that's also natural. And I have to remember that and not just have like the huge peak of like, oh, I'm doing great. I'm getting on this work. And then it's like, oh my God, what happened now? There is nothing left. So as long as I remind myself, and I think every year it's becoming easier to know what to expect and that helps it a little bit. But. Absolutely. I think as a business owner, um, that's also such wisdom because we always need to be marketing. No matter how much we're in the upswing of our flow, I think that the longer we're in business, the more we realize and understand and appreciate the cycles and the peaks and the valleys. So that always be marketing mindset, I think, really can take you far. Yeah. And I think the best time to actually negotiate and try to Again, your work it's when you actually have a lot of work because you're a little bit more confident and you're not so desperate to just say yes right away at least for me if I know that I need the work I'll probably go with my pricing a lot lower than I probably could have and tried at least if I already have work because I'm not so scared of being yes. turned down <laughs> Yes, at very, very good point. Yeah, absolutely. What do you do to kind of like exercise your mindset? Because we've talked a little bit about like self-fear and doubt and pricing and, and a little bit of scarcity. So what do you do to kind of like overcome our natural tendencies, as I think especially as female entrepreneurs? Do you have kind of like a mindset exercise other than journaling 
that you kind of, you know, strengthen that muscle? I do read and listen to so many podcasts and audiobooks. I think listening to other people reminding me of all this stuff helps me more than trying to convince myself because sometimes I think with self-doubt, it's almost like there's always room for that. But if you hear someone else saying, it almost validates your thing, your nose, and you're like the things that you were considering true, but you weren't 100% confident enough to take it on. But if someone else says, you're like, oh, that person said it, so he must be okay. Yeah, it, it comes in differently. Like we receive it totally differently. Exactly. So I think that it's more for me, my what keeps my mind in the good place. It's I agree. I totally agree. And I also feel that the content we take in completely influences the content that we curate. Yeah, for sure. And I honestly, especially because I didn't go to art school, I feel like everything, even business related, it's pretty much from books and things that I read and listen to. And I'm so glad that we're able to access those things so easily nowadays because I don't know if I would have gone to where I'm at at least not this fast if it wasn't for all the advice from people absolutely absolutely so I'm wondering on that note um in your solopreneur journey like can you share with the listeners like maybe a struggle that felt like a big stumbling block and then kind of how you navigated around that yeah um trying to pinpoint to something specific. I can think of two things. One thing was I, I think that happened. I think it's been a couple of years already, but it was kind of in the beginning where I was starting to get actual consistent work. And there was a project that I got that I was really excited to work on. And I was, um, you know, kind of proud that I finally got the work and I worked with this client for probably a few months it was a big project and they ended up not actually using the work in the end, even though I got paid. And, you know, if the point was just to get paid, right, I would, should have been okay and happy about it. But obviously, them not end up using the work, even though it wasn't for that they weren't happy. They just end up having to, I think, from what they explained to me, the whole project idea had to change from they got a new boss in the middle of it and the new boss wanted to actually change the style of the company. So they couldn't wow. anymore use like colorful watercolor work. They wanted to go more into a simple thing or something. They were kind of in the middle of transitioning that. So they had to kind of restart pretty much that whole project all over again with, uh, I think they ended up using actual like a black and white thing. So that for me was kind of like, hmm such a big deal at that time when it happened because I just felt like I put so much work into it. I thought they were happy and I got paid. Like why wouldn't they, you know, and oh getting my, my confidence back after <laughs> so long. I would have been crushed. <laughs> <laughs> I know. And I think it's when you start developing tough skin because you really have to not take it personal, you know, because yeah. it really wasn't. And I, if you take your work as who you are, you're going to end up, getting her a lot more often and I have to be able to separate myself to my work and yes. get feedback from a work and when people don't like it it's not that they don't like me it's that they didn't maybe it wasn't what they were looking for at that moment or maybe yes. that's just the work that they are interested in and people um, are all different so that should be okay and I think experience definitely helps with that and I think it's going to happen eventually 
at your career at some mm-hmm. point, maybe be a book review that, that you may not like to read. It might be some critique from an important person that you admire. I think that's just natural. And I think um, you just can't obviously give up because of those things. You just have to yes. push through. And then the new project will come in and then we'll, you'll be reminded again that, oh, people do like my stuff, you know? And we're stronger so that- for it. We really are. I think that they talk about like being comfortable with getting no's, you know, and I think it does build a resilience. And when we can take those things as a lesson instead of this like self-rejection, which of course we're human in the beginning, it's going to be like, oh my gosh. Mm -hmm. But I think when we can turn it around and just kind of look for the lesson in it, um, it, I think it uh, sharpens us to be a little bit um, better entrepreneurs moving forward. You know, there's that personal growth element. I think in this journey of being an entrepreneur that um, you can't find in many other things. No, and you gotta, I think those things are also teach you so much and obviously I don't regret doing the project and that's what I'm always still putting my work into competitions and things like that. And it's more than just winning that project where you learn by doing the project and your name out there and it's still a portfolio piece that you can use. You can still say you worked with that client. So a lot of stuff comes good from those situations. You just have to um, learn that that's just life and not take it so into your soul, you know, because it's just life. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. Oh, I love this conversation and it's been such a pleasure to share with you. How can our listeners kind of learn more? Of course, I'll share your links in the show notes, but how can they connect with you? Yeah, I think the easiest way to find me, I guess it's through my website, which is just brunamaps.com because we have so many social media channels nowadays that if I just tell people go here, go there, who knows if that channel is even going to exist, you know, in a few <laughs> months. So might as well go to the website. You can find all the videos, podcasts, blog posts and everything in one place. Um, it's perfect. But also, can I ask you a question? Um, Absolutely. Okay. Yeah. What was probably the most important um, tip or something that you got from the people that you have been interviewed? Is there something that stand out to you that you haven't forgot? Yeah, that's a really great question. And absolutely. Um, I find that the people that I've connected with are like real healers in the line that they know that they there's a bigger purpose, that whatever they're connecting to is like the vehicle of delivering their message. You know, whether it's a, you know, gourmet food or a piece of artwork or a massage therapist, you know, actually doing um, hands-on body work. I think that one of the common threads consistently throughout is that there is a soul connection. And that's what really lights me up. You know, it's just like, this is what we do, but we're so much more than what we do. You know, and it's, um, in fact, one of our guests had mentioned, it's not what you say that people will remember, it's how you make them feel. And that was one of her kind of parting words of wisdom. Um, and I'm not sure if that was Maya Angelou that had was the original quote, but that just came to mind right away. And I do think that it's about connection and authenticity and like really connecting beyond um, just our website or our feeds, you know, connecting as people and supporting one another along the way. Which is probably, I think, what we're missing the most nowadays, right? We just almost became little robots of posting stuff online. And it's so hard for us to remember that there is a person behind that. And I think the video also really helps people see us as people and not just, here's my final work. Um, Yeah, absolutely. And it's so funny you say the word robot because 
I jammed my schedule so full yesterday that literally at the end of the day, I said to my partner, I think I thought I was a robot. Like I had a seven, a nine, a 10, an 11, a 12, a one, a four, and a 530. And I like was so exhausted at the end of the day. And I was just like, okay, I need like a little advice <laughs> on yeah. business without burnout. Because even though I've been an entrepreneur for 27 years, it is still so easy to fall back into the doing and into our to-do list and forgetting about the being side of things. And that is truly the words that I use is like, I scheduled myself like I was a robot today. Yeah, I mean, I even feel that way too. Sometimes I feel like I started this whole business idea so I can actually do more art and feel more free. And I never felt less free almost because now I made myself so specific and timely organized that I feel like, is there room for freedom here? Or I actually have less freedom than when I used to work for someone else. You know, you have to, um, check in with yourself once in a while and make sure that you're not just pushing too hard, I guess. Yeah, absolutely. I think it was Barbara on the Shark Tank that said entrepreneurs are the only kind of species that will choose to work an 80-hour work instead of a 40-hour work. (laughs) I was like, "Hmm." it still surprises me sometimes that I'm like, why did I choose this again? Was it for the freedom? Because, you know, maybe it's just all a lie, you know. Maybe it was just more so I can actually be at home or, you know, it was something else. It was not the freedom because I think we know that the work to have your own business, it's so much that it is. it can't just be justified by you're going to want to have more free time because I don't know if that's actually true. <laughs> It's got to be a calling deep in our bones and it has to have a driving, motivating force other than finances, you know? And I think that Definitely once, not yeah, financial <laughs> security, there is like a risk every day, you know? Yeah. It's, it's baked in our bones, whether we want to be a trendsetter or a leader or not, like that, that decision's been made. I know. And I also, that's why I think one even though entrepreneurship is such a big thing now, it's at the same time, it's like, if you weren't yet, maybe you're not going to be one because it's almost like, I don't think it's an option. I don't think it's a choice that we all made to become an entrepreneur. It's just, if you're that kid at school that was trying to sell something, make, you know, like if your mom made cookies, I'm like, mom, maybe we can sell this. Like if you didn't have that mindset, I don't know if you can actually force it because it's not, it's not the easiest um, path to have a good life. <laughs> I 100% agree. I always say that business is in my DNA and it's not a choice. And my best friend is, my best friend's actually 70 and she's been an entrepreneur her whole entire life. And exactly like you said, when she was a kid, it was always like, mom, can we sell the cookies? Or she would go and take walks when she was like a young, young girl under 10 and dig up violet plants and then go door to door selling violets for like $2, you know? And, and so it was really baked into her blood, you know? And it's definitely, I think even it was, even for me, like I, I didn't grow up needing to have been trying to make a side gig as a little kid, you know, like I, I had my allowance enough to get my toys and candy and stuff like that. But I remember um, there was a Mother's Day thing that, I used to live in a big building that had a lot of different apartments and I decided that I was going to do breakfast um, baskets for Mother's Day. So I went door to door in the whole building and asked the dads if they wanted to like order that a month in advance. Mm -hmm. 
I made my mom go with me and buy all this stuff. My mom's like so annoying. Like I already have all this stuff to do. You know why you're creating you know, more stuff? And I don't know why I decided to do it. And it did actually sell pretty good. And that's and then amazing. Like, I don't have time to like take you <laughs> now Christmas ones and like every holiday now I'm going to do it. You know, but it was it's definitely just a part of me and. It's that is so cool. Like I can help it. <laughs> yeah, it, it's what juices us up. I mean, it's absolutely, it really is. It's it kind of what makes our world go round for sure. I love it. This has been so delightful. You've shared a lot of gems, but if you have some bright light wisdom that you would like to leave our listeners with, I would be grateful. Yeah, I think I'll tell them, um, you know how people say you teach what you need to learn? Um, <laughs> be patient, I guess. It's definitely whatever career you are in a path on, I'm sure it's not something that it can happen overnight and don't get discouraged by that. I think even if you see people that seems like had an overnight success, really research their story because it's really rare that you will see that that's actually the case. Most people have some sort of backstory that you probably don't know of a lot more years behind what actually made their business work. Yes. compare ourselves that way and we think just because we've been doing something for a few months or a few years and it's not working it's because we're just not good enough or worth getting whatever the other person you admire has I think it's just like of perspective and you really just research your story you see that it takes a lot longer than we wanted to take yeah if you need to get a side job in the meantime to pay your bills as long as you don't quit everything's worth it and you know willing should be willing to do because as long as you don't give up and it's if it takes 10 years it's still going to be worth it in the end of those 10 years so I think that's something I try to remind myself every day just be patient and let it happen um naturally don't try to force it too hard because if it's in your path Mm -hmm. to happen it will happen as long as you don't give up I think you know we should I'll be able to get to it eventually. Absolutely. never too late. (laughs) Yeah, I love that. It's, it's, you're really so wise behind, like beyond your years. And I think that that, um, that patience and perseverance is so important, but even more so the ending that you just said about going with the flow and not resisting, not forcing. I think that that is such a high level piece that's so far beyond like a quote on a t-shirt that looks trendy on Instagram, like it truly has such depth to it when you realize like when you don't force and you don't push, there is just a natural bubbling up that happens. We still have to show up. It's not a magic wand, but it goes so much easier. So I just love your old soul. I really want to be It's been such a joy. Thank you so much. Well, thanks for having me. I'm so happy to be able to, you know, connect with you and share the little bit that took me um, so much work to figure out if any of this can be helpful to anybody. I'm more than happy to share. And I don't know, I don't think I've mentioned this in any of my social media yet, but I'm trying to slowly develop some sort of mentorship program more than just I don't think I'm ready yet to do something in a big scale, but maybe connecting with one person at a time for a few months and maybe me talking to that person maybe once a week or something to maybe it's a student still that it wants to someone make a living from their art. So That's if awesome. any of you that are listening are 
interesting, maybe email me. I don't know yet when I can get that going, um, but it's definitely in my plans. And I do I think it. um, it's important for me to, I don't even consider giving back, but more of like giving a little bit of, if I, it wasn't easy for me to figure all this stuff out. So if I can make it a little easier for someone else, I'm more than happy to. That is awesome. What a generous offer. I think it's phenomenal. And I love that. It's like seeding it. You know, that kind of inspiration is what I love because it stimulates a ripple effect because it's that do good, feel good, be good, you know, and it just keeps going. So I love it. I'm behind your mission. I think it's fantastic. No, thank you so much. All right. We'll talk soon. Okay. Bye. Bye.